0: All right, y'all, we are back again uh, for this week's podcast. I'm a little bit slow motion right now because I had a long night celebrating with a couple of friends out from Kansas City and uh, short on sleep, but I want to assure you that the <laughs> how I show up in the podcast is much better than how I show up to the intro right now. Uh, so I'll make this brief. The guest today is a man named Joyous Hart, who I have recently become quite close with. He's an incredible dude. We talk, uh, his life's journey. We talk conscious communities, uh, what exactly that means and the importance of that, the importance of sovereignty in times like these, where the world at large seems to be controlling and dictating everything we do in life. Um, so we dive in deep there. We also talk politics cause that's pretty much unescapable in a conversation like this and some of his spiritual practices. And, uh, it's an awesome, awesome episode. I know you guys are going to dig this one. I'm going to have him back on for sure, multiple times, especially as this community comes underway. So plenty plenty here today and plenty more to come. There's a number of ways you guys can support this podcast. First and foremost, leave us a five-star rating. That way other people can see the show. So just write one or two ways the show has helped you out in life. That'll help spread the word. And click subscribe. That way you never miss an episode. And last but not least, check out our show sponsors. They make this show possible. And uh, we've got some really, really good ones. Element Labs is a company uh, that Rob Wolf started, who's a dear friend and has been a guest on the show before in the past. And it is by far the single best electrolyte drink you can have. Uh, they come in several different flavors and single-use packets. And boxes of these flavors are incredible. There's no additives, nothing nasty that they add to it. Just natural sweetness, natural everything. No artificial flavoring or coloring and a whopping gram of sodium, which you absolutely need, including other really important electrolytes like magnesium and potassium. And the issue that we've had in the past, I mean, we as athletes or anybody trying to aid in performance, is that everything that came out in the past had globs of high fructose corn syrup and tons of sugaring unneeded calories and really just a whole host of red 40, (laughs) you name it a ton of crap that you don't want to put in your body. And they've left all that out the door and only included the good stuff, including, as I mentioned, a, a good dose of what you do need. And we actually need quite a bit more electrolytes than we've been told in the past. That people, aren't, people aren't consuming. Uh, it's not that people aren't consuming enough water. It's that people aren't consuming the right kind of water. And we need electrolytes to actually use that water. Gerald H. Pollock talked about this in the fourth phase of water. For water to be usable within the cell and within uh, as a carrier of information and a carrier of nutrients within the body, it must have electrolytes. It must have a charge, and this is by far my favorite product to ever come out. It is super convenient. I keep them in my fanny pack, in my work backpack. Uh, We bring it out wherever we go when we're going to be in dry heat, whether that's Arizona or Texas, even though it's wet here. Obviously, we get a good sweat going. And no matter what I'm doing, whether it's sauna therapy, working out, or are just trying to optimize for cognitive function. Electrolytes are a huge part of that. And you can find out more all at drinkelement.com slash Kyle. That's drinklmn dot com slash Kyle. These guys have a fantastic money-back guarantee, and the best part is... They have like a 0.5% return rate because people who try it absolutely love it, and I know you guys are going to love it. So check that one out. We are also brought to you by sportsbettingdime.com. If you're looking for odds and analysis of the sports, entertainment, or political world, check them out. You can get into the analytics and finer details of sports using their futures trackers, which cover every major league, so you always know who has the best shot of taking home the title. They also cover MMA, boxing, and have daily coverage of political odds updated on the regular. They've been following the presidential election and aftermath, (laughs) we dive into that too on the podcast, very closely. So head over to get updated odds on all the different scenarios there. Check it out at sportsbettingdime.com. That's sportsbettingdime.com. We are also brought to you today by Sovereignty. Sovereignty, as you know, I have been talking about for a while with their product Purpose, which is uh, hands down my favorite nootropic and energy drink known to man. And they have something on the flip side of that. They've got the wind down time, the sleepy sleepy, and it's called Dream. And it is absolutely incredible. Um you know, it's it's something that, that if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I, I will use it in a multitude of ways. Um, I use it for travel, I use it anytime I change time zones. And if I'm gonna head to bed early because I was up late last night, like tonight, I will certainly take that early and get to bed and, and have some of the most beautiful, restful sleep of my life. And all this is backed up from an aura ring or a whoop watch, which I have both and uh, many other ways, but the feeling experience, the felt experience is the most important. That's how you know you're getting a good night's rest. And Dream, much like Purpose, uses different cannabinoids. They use CBN in this one. And CBN has been shown to help aid with sleep and a number of other things. Um, It's just really fantastic. It is the, the downer equivalent to the upper That is purpose, and if you've enjoyed purpose up until this point, first of all, if you haven't tried purpose, try purpose, but if you have tried purpose and enjoyed it, you're going to love dream. You can find out more over at https colon forward slash forward slash s-o-v-e-r-e-i-g-n-t-y dot c-o slash kyle, or just click the link in the show notes. That's the easiest thing to do. That's sovereignty.co slash kyle. And grab your favorite sleep aid. My favorite sleep aid. Y'all's soon-to-be favorite sleep aid. Dream. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Bioptimizers. These guys um, have really just knocked this out of the park. If there's one mineral you should be worried about not getting enough of, it's magnesium. Magnesium is the body's master mineral. Powerful. Over 600 critical reactions, including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy, even digestion, is influenced by the presence of magnesium. And there are two big problems here. Magnesium has been largely missing from the U.S. soil since the 1950s. Many of you have heard me talk about soil depletion and the issues around the green movement and monocropping and industrial agriculture. And this is a big deal that can't be overlooked. And it also explains why it's estimated that up to 80% of the population may be deficient. And most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality, there are at least seven that your body needs and benefits from. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about a new magnesium product that I've been taking now called Magnesium Breakthrough. It is the ultimate magnesium supplement, easily the best I've ever seen or experienced with all seven forms of this mineral. I'm even more excited because it's finally back in stock. This thing goes quick. Um, It really does go quick. They They sold out... They sold out. They sold out quite a few times, and due to supply shortages with everything going on in the world, it could very well be sold out again shortly. But for my listeners, uh, they've been able to arrange some stock to be set aside just for our audience, and I guarantee it's the best deal available on this product. Seriously, with volume discounts combined with our custom ten percent coupon, Kings Boo Ten you can save up to 40% off selected packages of magnesium breakthroughs that's an amazing value you will not find that deal on amazon or even the company's own website this deal is exclusively for my listeners and it's legitimately for a limited time while supplies last say goodbye to having to buy seven different bottles of magnesiums to get the complete dose for the fastest possible for the fastest possible shipping times go to slash kingsboo and use coupon code Kingsboo10, that's Kingsboo, K-I-N-G-S-B-U, all caps, and 10 at the end of that to save up to 40% off select packages to get the most full-spectrum and effective magnesium product ever, W W W B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com slash kingsboo and coupon code kingsboo10 at checkout will get you that extra 10% and also let them know that you are a listener of this podcast and that they did a good job by choosing to sponsor the show. I love these guys. Uh, I'm actually going to get Wade, their CEO, on the podcast because he has an incredible story. He's been a guest on Paul Check's show, which many of you all know I love, Living 40 with Paul Check so Wade is, Wade is incredible. I've been on his podcast. And you know this isn't the only product that they make. They have incredible gut health stuff from probiotics to digestive enzymes to uh, one of the best um, hydrochloric acids that I've ever taken. So highly recommend diving deep into their stuff over there. And you'll be sure to love it. Just as you'll be sure to love this podcast with my dude, Joyous Heart. Here we go. joyous heart thank you for joining my brother such a pleasure kyle thank you we got so much to discuss today um (laughs) i was just talking to you about how when covid hit actually i didn't mention this part but when covid hit i actually had like a physical reaction
1: Mm.
0: not to the virus but to the uh impending doom of the narrative that was being sold Yes. And my spine started feeling wonky. All these old injuries started coming back, and I actually had to just sit. Paul Check talks about that. The pain teacher comes mm. with a whisper, then a knock mm. at the door, then it kicks down the door if you're not listening. And so I just listened and really got still. Um, but what's transpired since March has been nothing short of flawless and mm. who I've been introduced to the people I've been connected to from Mickey Willis to Del Bigtree to yourself mm. Mm. and um, seeing all these connection points too like uh, you know you've known Mickey for 11 years now and <clears throat> you guys are homies with David Avocado Wolf who I've been following for a long time probably a decade and and of course, his cousin, Sherveen, who was just on the podcast, you know, I hit up Sherveen and, and I was like, yo, brother, I want to come see you. And he was like, dude, I think we're getting a place in Austin. I want to know where. And I was like, you need to talk to Joyous." And he's like, I know Joyous." And I was like, I know you know Joyous. You need to fucking get out here. Let's go. Oh, we're man. doing this community thing. We so got to have good. you here.
1: So good. Yeah.
0: Flawless, brother. So yeah. I'm uh, overwhelmed with joy having mm. you on the fucking show today because mm. you, you've been nothing Nothing short of amazing in uh, every experience that I've had with you. You are a soul brother, mm-hmm. and uh, I could tell that from the moment we met. So thank you for being on the show today, brother. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. You had some downloads about changing your place of existence mm-hmm. early on at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I want to dive into that. But before we get to that, I want to get to the origin story of you. Tell me mm-hmm. where you grew up. Mm-hmm. What was life like? You know, uh, uh Growing up, belief systems, any of these things that that uh, have brought you to who you are today.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So the the origin story of who I am. I grew up in North Carolina, and I had really, honestly, the most beautiful uh, familial environment possible. My father is a wholehearted leadership coach, so he goes in and works with mainly Fortune 100 and 500 executive teams and government agencies, reminding people of the power of the heart. So his company is EQIQ, and he helps people bridge that gap, showing them that most of the major issues that are faced in teams and corporations are EQ-related. There's only one that's actually purely IQ-related. Yeah. So I grew up rooted in a culture of integrity, courage. Purpose and always following those tenets in everything I do. My mother is an MD who very quickly realized that Western medicine was great if you have an emergency and for pretty much nothing else. So she went and became an ND, and then that pretty much blended into becoming almost a full-blown shaman. So very nice blend of Eastern, Western, ancient, and modern uh, medicine practice, which gave me a really nice foundation for wellness. I was never vaccinated. Um, despite having a mother who's a doctor, and very grateful for that. And what my parents gifted me more than anything was absolute permission to be who I am, to explore every aspect of what lit me up most in life, to follow what I love. Um, There weren't really constraints. My parents were very spiritually grounded, but there was no religious dogma. I was allowed to explore all the different religions. What my family container did for me as I got out into the world was I realized how so few really had that level of openness and love in their families, and I devoted my life to being in service in any way I could to supporting more and more and more people to experience that level of acceptance, that level of support, that level of self-love, and that level of purpose, because without those things... The, the true meaning of fulfillment in life kind of erode away. Every move in my life has been purely guided, makes no sense to the mind. Uh, when I was about 19, I moved to Colorado, and I was in Aspen and Boulder. And from there, we'll, we'll fast-track through it all, I was guided to Hawaii. I was in Kauai for a while. That was amazing. That's where I remembered what true abundance is, like truly let go of, na- let, let go of everything and was more abundant and prosperous than I've ever been without, you know, without even the need to, to accumulate perceived uh, you know, financial abundance in a bank account. That was a very profound moment where everything I'm working on now kind of channeled through. So I realized that my life purpose was to support socioeconomic reinvention in the, particularly in the parallel tracks of reinventing education systemically, because it's archaic and outdated, and supporting the regenerative economic movement, particularly through the creation of exemplar communities and impact centers. Once all of this had come through, and I say I almost say like it really came through. It wasn't something I willed into creation. I had three complementary, <clears throat> excuse me, three complementary business plans, and and all the associated uh, materials around that come out of what was coming through me. Um, one, to uh, an a open source framework to help redesign education, one, a community, um, a regenerative community exemplar called Earth, and the third was a digital ecosystem which complemented the physical learning system uh, redesigns. As soon as that was done, I got the transmission, it was time to move. Moved to L.A., which was quite a big juxtaposition <laughs> from Kauai. <laughs> so it took me a little while to integrate in those waters. I was hopping all around L.A., lived in a few places there, Redondo Beach, Venice. Um,
0: those aren't a, bad. No, I love those spots. are my beautiful. favorite place to I know, LA, right? For sure. I, I
1: felt pretty, pretty blessed. And that was amazing. Um, and while that was my home base, I actually at that point gathered a team, I don't know, maybe seven, eight months into being in L.A., Uh, went out to explore building a community in New Mexico, Uh, had a team living on site at one of two properties we were looking at doing due diligence for three months. Incredible. Taught me a lot. I was in my early twenties. And it was, it was a beautiful moment for me to really embody all the tenants I'd been receiving and studying. and, And for me, that's, that's really magic. You know, if you don't, if it's not experiential, if you don't embody it, it's just theory. So, learn and then implement and, and be. And uh, from there, I, we decided that wasn't the right place. It wasn't actually feeling called to be in New Mexico. Went and explored a friend's 500 acres on Maui to see if that was appropriate. It wasn't, the zoning was off and it was very remote up in Hana. Beautiful though, so I was there for a few months. And then uh, moved back to LA, was there for a while. NorCal was in the Bay Area. Then I landed in Oregon. Right around the time I was going to Oregon, I met my, my beloved, my wife, my now wife. Um, you met her in Oregon? or
0: out? In the I met her,
1: actually. I did meet her in Oregon. I met her at the co-op. I was shopping for organic, uh, you know, something yummy, and I found the treat of my life. So, <laughs> so that, was, that was incredible. And, um, and immediately, just like, you know, when you feel that feeling of resonance, like I feel that with you in terms of like, just wow, what a dear brother right away the moment I saw her, I was like, that's, that's my woman. That's my queen right there. And, uh, and we, you know, we played with it. We teased it out. We flirted for a while and kind of like, let it, let it build. But we knew at the beginning and, uh, that changed my life because I went from being, you know, where, where are we going tomorrow to loom? Sure. Let's go. Like constantly building, creating untethered, which was beautiful. And for someone like me, who's constantly in the creative space, who's constantly starting you know helping people start their their brands their projects helping people build themselves I was constantly in flow and that was amazing but it wasn't anchored it wasn't rooted and so when I went my beloved and then of course when our kids when our kids came in I uh that that changed everything the the roots were able to go that much deeper and so all of a sudden I was able to reach that much higher and expand and uh we were in Oregon for quite a while until we got guided to move back to California we were up in Oregon for like Four and a half years. We're, we're in Oregon, Ashland. Oh, cool. Predominantly, yeah.
0: yeah. That's, where, a lot that's of where our son was born.
1: Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Portland. My my grandmother, when she moved from Austria, was living there, and uh, so yeah, we were in Oregon, and then we were like, okay, it's time to go back to Southern California. My wife, God bless her, I was like, let's let's go back, let's go to Malibu. You know, we got a lot of friends in Malibu, and I love Malibu. And she's like, we can't. There's going to be a natural disaster in two months. We can't go. Okay, well, where are we gonna go? Somehow we got led to Encinitas, so we landed uh, down there near San Diego, and two months later, fires ripped through Malibu. A lot of our friends, you know, a lot of a lot of our friends lost their homes. Yeah,
0: Darren Olean lost his home. Mm-hmm. He's a good buddy. Yeah,
1: so did Del Bigtree. So did George Butler. Like mo- a lot of our friends in the area did. I think Ricky, she she got through it, but it was it was a tough time. That I'd learned to trust my wife a lot, but at that point, I was like, okay. Now I'm really going to listen. Fast-forwarding to this, this uh, latest move. We weren't in San Diego very long. We were there, you know, maybe a year and a half. And it, it never really felt like we didn't know why we were there until we were there. And then, we, you know, we had the right connections, the right people. We understood why we'd been moved there. But it was never really home. Then we got the hit right as we're coming into this new year, 2020 what an epic year by the way right I mean legendary <laughs> legendary. <laughs> just, like, legendary yeah history books history books you know um we get the hit it was like Austin Texas we both got it at the same time we're like Texas like really like we're getting guided to Texas and it just because it was so not in our periphery and It's almost because it's so good here that like it's got this like beautiful you know almost like camouflaging cloak around it um but we listened, and I said, all right, all right, we'll, we'll do it. Let's go in June. My wife, who obviously is much more attuned than I, said, no, we, we have to go. The world's going to get really crazy starting in March. We have to go right now. I learned to listen to her at this point, so we packed up everything within 30 days. We we're out here February 1st, and that brings us to now. Um, and all I can say is it's just what a, what a blessing. I've never been more grateful, which is saying a lot, for my community for a place to live, it's the first place I've been inspired to buy a home, and uh, and kind of everything's just falling into place in an incredible way, um, including the latest emergence of a community project and one where I actually know I will be inspired to raise my children there, versus helping something start and then moving along. So yeah, it's been really exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, something that hit me. Right at the beginning of quarantine, on it's funny because I, I was like I was in a state of, of panic because it was I was so confused at why we had decided to react to nature in this way. Hmm. Like this is just fucking absurd, hmm. you know. And then later having Dr. Zach Bush on the podcast, he's like, "You can't outrun nature." You yeah. know, I've talked I've talked about it before on this podcast too. But the idea that you would outrun something that, that you know, is airborne and is, the air has encircled the globe many times over yeah. since March, many, many, many times over. We've, we've all come to be exposed to this thing many more times than we think, mask or not. Yeah. If masks worked or not, let right. alone the cloth they allow you to wear in place of an N95, like that's, that's all that shit. Yeah. Um, it just made no sense to me. And it made no sense for good reason because none of it actually does make sense. Yes, But um, I was just like, shit, man. I got, I got to figure this out. And so I went into quite a few ketamine journeys and, uh, what I came to realize is I was dipping back into the wishing well more often than need be. And I needed to actually sit with it. And in the sitting with that, the thing that kept coming up for me was how important it is to number one, start with self two then we extend that self to family, but three extend that out to community. And I've lived in, you know, I've I've lived in a lot of places. I've traveled all over the world, and I've, I've had a sense of home in many places, in Arizona for sure, in the Bay Area for sure. But I've never had a sense of community. Mm. You know, and the, one of the things I loved about being in Austin is that everyone waves to one another when yeah. you drive by. Like, people give a shit about one another. My neighbors will talk to me. Yeah. Um, that was never the case in NorCal. Yeah. You know, it's not to say people there are mean or anything like that, but people are in their own world there. And... Um, I felt the sense of Southern hospitality minus the racism when I got here. I was like, this is, this is awesome. Not that every state in the South is racist. I'm not buying into that either. But at the same time, um, there was this calling for a true community, you know, and, and hear a lot of people talk at, at, you know, Burning Man and different events about decentralized banks and do this and do that. And I think one of the biggest things that we need to do is to centralize Mm our power Mm -hmm. with our own sovereignty Mm -hmm. and that's why it kept showing up for me in different medicine journeys and meditations just our ability to remain sovereign over what goes into my body uh, what I am allowed and not allowed to do it should be up to the local governments that create that law not a top-down system that controls the masses. And if you have any aversion to the idea of globalism, look no further than the last nine months to see that those powers are already well in place. Yes, There's no two ways about it. And, um, but really, like, like if I can observe what would appear to be darkness, if I can observe what would appear to be the powerful controlling the masses, how do we take that power back? Mm-hmm. And that answer kept coming up for me in self and then family and then community mm-hmm. and working through that with like-minded individuals to create something mm. that's whole, that does, you know, form something that's greater than, than the sum parts. And, um, you know, right when I was introduced to you, I was like, you know, Mickey had been telling me a lot about you and like, Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to have this community. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be a lake. There's going to be all these things. And I was like, on-site education, mm. regenerative agriculture, mm. Uh, our own water, clean water, <laughs> our own power, and and still, you know, I, mean, I told my sister, and, and she started laughing at me. She's sometimes a negative Nancy, uh, but she's a year younger than me, and she, we've been fucking with each other since we were little kids, just because we're so close in age. She's like, "Oh, cool, you're gonna start churning butter in an Amish community," and I was like, "No, no, we will be we will be on grid, but independent from the grid, yeah. sovereign from the grid." You know, and, and as, as you began to explain this, I was like, this is well beyond Mm. anything that I had imagined and much more beautiful than that. Mm. So I'd like you to unpack this because I was called to you before (laughs) I ever met you. And this has been such a treat to get to know you Mm. and to understand like, this is something that we will make into reality Mm. as co-creators. We will bring Mm. this into existence and then allow this Mm. to be transmuted out into the all where other people can then take this and run with it. And, Mm. um, that's that's inspired me in ways that mm. I can't really explain. Mm. So I'd love for you to dive into this community plan. Thank you. And, uh, and we can talk maybe a bit more about what lies ahead in the future, uh, <laughs> regardless of the way that this coin flips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whichever way it flips, it's going to be incredible. Um, you know, the worse it gets, the better it gets. It just chooses... It's just which lens are we choosing to look at reality through. You mentioned centralization and i believe that localized centralization is key what we have is globalized centralization which creates huge breakdowns huge disempowerment for most people it ravages the ecosystem and it and it really fundamentally strips people of their power when you can centralize locally when you can centralize as a community it's the opposite that is essential for attaining sovereignty now the the distributed decentralized world that's that's more for tech really in the sense of like where that term is getting thrown around that then that's appropriate considering the absolute we're seeing it more than ever just how um unethical a lot of these gateways are a lot of these platforms
0: yeah david Icke was was for for all of his flaws 100 spot on when he talks about corporatocracies and technocracies yes he he, you see it every day i mean it's it's like people that are i remember rob wolf and i don't mean to cut you out but rob wolf was complaining about being shadow banned. This isn't a guy who was going up against vaccines or going up against anything in, in Western medicine. He just had, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's wrote the Paleo Solution. He has the Paleo Solution podcast. He wrote Wired to Eat. He just wrote the Sacred Cow on regenerative agriculture with Diane Rogers. Yeah. He's not the dude. He's not Del Big Tree. He's mm-hmm. not waving flags in the air saying like this system is a fucking joke. He is just saying there's a different way towards health. Yes. And him alongside Mark Sisson and a lot of people I've met in the Paleo FX community were being shadow banned. No different than a Dr. Joe Mercola yeah. on Google and many of these other avenues. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I'm hearing this from him in tandem of listening to Ike for the first time on London Real yeah. and connecting those dots. And it became very apparent we're being policed by YouTube. We're being policed by Google. We're being policed and we're being offered a very narrow lens of which to view the world. Yeah. And that's obvious. There's no two ways about it.
1: It's true. It is obvious, and it's becoming ever more so um, with the advent of AI. <laughs> it makes the censoring very easy when it's all algorithmic. You don't need any, any person to do it. Um, and, and that very narrow-lensed uh, narrow perspective is in sh- entombing us and in shackling us in perpetuating societal and familial spells of limitation that we've inherited. Right, So when if we don't have the permission slips to see something greater, or if you turn on five different news stations and they're all saying the same thing, it's ironic is when they're all saying the exact same thing, parroted, <laughs> but it, it be, even if most people don't trust mainstream media, which most that I've met in my life don't, it builds a subconscious pattern of permission slip of, oh, that must be reality. Even if I don't trust CNN, well, I just heard it in five different places. So it's very easy for a very small group of people to influence the direction of all of humanity. Um, And the beautiful thing is I think that's shifting. People are seeing that, and there are some incredible platforms. Talking about London Real, there's a few incredible platforms that are coming online right now uh, that are uncensored where people are going to be free to stream uh, their truth around health, wellness, sovereignty. and So stemming into uh, how we're playing with that in the physical is... Absolutely, community is essential. To me, having a, a, a real community, uh, a, a connected, aligned community is as important as food and water. For, for, to, to, to truly thrive in life, to truly be held, supported, and have that sense of fulfillment no matter what we're doing. And so, for me, this is the perfect time. For The status quo has been shattered. Fucking awesome. Yes! <laughs> awesome! What are we going to do with it? Every industry is terraforming. Our entire reality is shifting. And we're at a choice point, an inflection point as individuals, as communities, as a society. What are we going to do with this? Um, There are powers that, I'm going to call them powers that were, okay? That That have worked very, very, very diligently to get people to a place of basically being automatrons. Just show up, do the work, don't ask questions. Our entire education system indoctrinates us in this way. Just fill in the right little circle. Good job, you memorized and regurgitated some information. Yeah, we could put you in this bracket. You might be a low-level manager. Nah, you're a worker bee. The whole thing's set up to disenfranchise us and disconnect us from our core purpose. You know, just allow me to digress if if we will. 85% of people polled around the world say they dislike their work and are disengaged at work. What does that do for our creativity, productivity, our health as a species? So we're in a fundamental human crisis, and a lot of our top-end social uh, issues are uh, reflective of that. We can't truly be healthy, and we can't really show up for others truly if we're not showing up for ourselves. if we're not doing what we love, being what we love, being on purpose. There's just always this angst, even if you're making a ton of money, sometimes especially. I know a lot of people who are winning game A, but they're so far off the mark in terms of what their passions and purpose are, why they're really here, they're miserable they're on their fifth marriage. They're, you know, they're absolutely miserable, um, and sometimes they can they can bravado through that with substance and buying a new Ferrari, you know, every few months. But really, when you get inside their lives, it's 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 a lot. And I've worked with a lot of those people as clients. So, in this choice point, what I think is most exciting, and I realize why I've been guided to create the relationships with the technologists, with the information, um, with the design frameworks to build truly regenerative community. And by regenerative, we mean um, not just sustainable. Regenerative is to um, to enrich, to regenerate as much as we deplete. So how do we create food, water systems, energy systems, waste energy systems, uh, and homes and the entire community design such that it's consistently replenishing as much as it's depleting from the environment. And I realized I was, I was really led to be on this journey for this moment. Right now, more than ever, people are disconnected, displaced, confused, scared. And this is the perfect time to take the U-turn from victim consciousness into creator consciousness to say, you know what? I create my reality. Fundamentally, I have to take full responsibility for my reality. Can I, can I, can I influence what these two people do? Maybe, maybe not. But I can influence how I choose to think about it and feel about it. I can take that responsibility. And the more that I shift my internal state, the more the external shifts. And that's something I fundamentally believe from a lifetime of experimentation. Anything I change here, changes here. Anything. So this is the time for people to reclaim that. And it's way funner and way easier to do it with Tribe. So, you know, there's so many people I know who are, you know, they want want to live off-grid, whatever that means to them. They want to live sustainably. They want to cultivate their own food so they know that that food is actually what they're told it is. They know it's not genetically modified. They know it's healthy, living food. Plus, if anyone's had a food that they taken right off the vine, nothing, you can It doesn't compare to a supermarket, which was picked too early and then sat too long. Um, they want their own energy, you know. Like next time someone's like, "Hey, there, you know, we might have some food shortages coming up. We might there might be some rolling blackouts." You're like, "Okay, great. I mean, if you all need extra food or power, I'm right here." So I know a lot of people doing that on their own getting 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 acres and doing it by themselves. And that's great. And I encourage everyone to do that if that inspires them. And when you do it with tribe, when you do it with core tribe, it becomes, it, takes, it, it becomes a whole other dimension of possibility, right? So your costs of having the best of the best technologies for food, energy, water, healing goes way down. You, can, you, can, you get way more for your money when you can scale, and you can build an economy of scale. So we'll weave it into this community project we're working on right now. We're playfully calling it Home Ranch, which stands for Heaven on Mother Earth. And we're also building the Gold Star Oasis, which is a regenerative eco-resort on site. Um, we'll throw some tidbits out there. While that vision is not married to a property, we are exploring two properties that are contiguous, you know, sitting right next to each other. On Lake Travis, total it's 1,450 acres. The one property which we, which we looked at originally is 576 acres, fully entitled, ready to go. We have wet and dry utilities in ground. 19 million was invested into the infrastructure. 220 million gallons in firm water contracts we can pull from the lake and then run through our special devices that restructure and vortex the water, pulling out all contaminants and bringing living structured H320 to every faucet on site. Um, we've already got, you know, the the prior developer who put all the money into the property was going to do a 220 acre golf course. Thankfully, that didn't happen for the benefit of the earth. That's a lot of water, a lot of chemicals. But they did set up like fifty thousand dollars worth of sprinkler heads for us and get the firm <laughs> water contract, so we could grow some amazing food for us, you know. And um, so, home to me is more relevant than ever. And you watch all these people right now migrating out of cities. Real estate is booming in upstate New York, Connecticut. It's booming outside of major cities as people are like, oh, okay, I need, this is a little crazy. I do not want to be stuck in a city the next time there another wave of this, you know, pandemic uh, or any other crisis emerges. Uh, but most people don't really, really know where to look. It's kind of a new journey for them. They're just like, I just need to get out of the city and get on some land. However, they're starting to think about it. I was just sitting with a a movie producer who's interested in in the community and, um, you know, he, he actually sources all his food from Amish farms, you know, (laughs) he does it right now. He's like, I'm not going to do it, but they love it. I'm going to get the best quality.
0: Pretty good at turning butter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they are. So he loves it, you know, and he's like, we were going to do this for our family, but I'd obviously rather do it with you all. And, um, so right now is a perfect opportunity for people to say yes. And what we're really looking to do is be an exemplar permission slip to to do it fully and not and, and do it. So the other thing is break the mold. People think like intentional community, eco community, like uh oh, hippie commune. No. No. Screw that. Okay. Like we can actually take think of a traditional uh, development that somebody lives in. Most people live in neighborhoods. That can be done way more elegantly. You can back all the homes to green belts so they have a lot more green space, they got a lot more privacy. You can design the communities more intentionally so there's a better flow through. You can build real amenities that actually support people like waste energy systems built into the community where all of your waste turns into power that goes back to the community. Um, You can build net zero homes, which we have our technology where we can build somebody a home that is at the same cost or even lower than a traditional uh, conventional comp for building a home. And, and actually design homes that produce more energy than they consume. You can build food systems, you can build these water systems. A home is, should be a place, considering the amount of time we spend in them, particularly today, where we're regenerating, where we're thriving, where we're optimizing. You don't want any toxins in your home, right? So the homes we're building have zero toxins, they're fully green. Um, you don't want to worry about your energy, your food, your water. And what's really exciting to me is not the technology partners, not the development partners, which are the best I've seen in all my years of doing this, not the land, which is really exciting. It's the community. It comes back to the community. And I've never, ever been around such an incredible community. Some of my favorite people, like Mickey Willis, for you know 11 plus years, are all here right now. Like When I moved to Austin, I'm like, I'm not going to know anybody. And now everyone's here. Everyone I love most. And I'm meeting so many incredible new people like yourself, Kyle, that I'm just... I am humbled because I consider myself a community builder. I've been all over the world. I've got tribes of people all over the world and I've never been more excited and truly lit up about community as I am right here, right now. And so that's, that's what, you know, JP Sears, we got so many incredible families that want to be part of this home ranch right now. And so I'm excited for us to pioneer something here to fully embody it, which again is the only way to actually, if you want to, share something forward, educate others, you gotta embody it first, make it experiential, and then use it as a model to share forward. Then I'll finish this section with this is that, you know, people are always fighting back and forth over which government party is gonna help save the earth or really help the government's never gonna do it for you. Particularly federal government, they're not gonna do it for you. They might put some cool tax credits out there, carbon credits. It's, a lot of these programs are just smoke screens. They don't really do much. They offset things. They might send fracking to China. They don't actually really help, at least certainly to the degree that we'd like them to. The biggest revolution, the, the biggest way of actually achieving the lifestyle we're all seeking, which is one where our families are healthy, thriving, on purpose, happy, is to build our own examples that ultimately over time influence government, which is a byproduct of people, and how to shift. We have to do it from the ground up so the top down can come down and so one of my biggest passions is creating the systems creating the design flows uh, creating the templates that then others can easily take other developers other communities and replicate that in their own unique way say here's the best of the best technologies here's the top five in every vertical where are you at for that climate we recommend this here's the best housing designs here's the best building materials and if you want, we'll come help you set it up. If not, here. Here's, what we, you know, here's where we source ours. Take it and build it. We need that. And the more people that say yes to that, the more we're going to see the shifts that everyone's been dreaming into for a long time for ourselves individually, our families, our communities, our society, and our world. And I think the trick is showing people they don't have to sacrifice any modern amenities or luxuries, and yet they can live a more healthy, more abundant, and more affordable life right now. So that's what's key for me in this moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, brother, that's beautiful. That's Thank got me excited for sure. Yeah, it's 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 um <clears throat> it's the best of both worlds. You know, it's 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 understanding the the beauty of what technology has brought us and implementing it in the ways that it can, you know. It, you, we don't have to live with candlelight. So why do that? Like yeah. we, we there is a better way and we have light that takes us out of resonance and we have light that takes us into resonance, you know, and taking that into factor that has uh, also been unfolding through our understanding of what technology is and how it works with us. But there's, there's thousands of examples of that. And I really love the fact that this has been your passion. You know, like one of the things that I think about when I first started podcasting, I was like, Hmm, I couldn't really afford a podcast producer, but it's going to be a, like a second, part-time full-time job to learn how to edit my podcast mm. do i really want to do that and i was like well somebody else has been invested in that what i want to do is learn about cool things like this like mm. what's joyous into or what's mm. mickey willis into and that's what i want to focus on i want to read dolores cannon's books mm. i want to dive in a little deeper and let me get weird you know like the, wherever my <laughs> intuition guides me i want to follow that yeah i don't want to learn how to be a podcast producer and much love to my boy, Roy Matz for doing the podcast production. Thank you, Roy. But, um, I don't want to take that on as a second time job and everything you've been tracking in your life is, is a lifetime of experience, right? Mm. And so it was like, it just clicked the second we met and after all of the the hype from Mickey, you know, it was just like... (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. Here we are. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your medicine. Thank you for being called and answering the call to do what you're doing, because this is what it's about. It is localizing and centralizing at the local level. Right. And uh, thank you for clearing that up. But I, I thought about this too. The first time I was in Kentucky, we were driving through and there were dry counties and wet counties. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, well, it's the Bible belt. So some counties have no alcohol. And I was like, that is fucking absurd and barbaric. Who would say no to alcohol? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. By the end of the week, I was like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. You mean that if someone has a problem with one of the worst drugs on the planet, yep. known as alcohol, yep. as a community, they can say no to that. Yeah. They can say it's not going to be sold here. You're not going to drink it here. And if you want to access that, you actually have to leave the county. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah. That is exactly as it should be. Yeah. And if you want to drink... Fuck yeah. You awesome. live in the wet community. Right you there. you vote for it, the community <laughs> says yes to it, and you guys get to go mm-hmm. have alcohol and use that intentionally or unintentionally, however you want to get down. Yeah. Right? And that's cool too. That's perfect in its own way. And even when and I was in California when cannabis was legalized, and that's a double edged sword too, right? Sure. That that led to a lot more corporatocracy moving in and things sure. like that. Um But one of the smart things that they did is they allowed counties to say yes to it and counties to say no to it. Right. And they set up rules around churches for whatever the fuck that means. You can't have a weed dispensary next to a church. Not that that matters. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pretty ridiculous. Next to schools, I get it. But yeah, you know, point being they got to choose what they wanted to do. And that really made sense to me because it, it put the power back into local governments. And, you know, for, for, for any of the flaws I definitely lean more towards less government and yeah. that is Republican and that is Libertarian. Now obviously that can get a little wiry. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you've read American Kingpin was yeah. on the guy who created the Silk Road 2.0 yeah. he, he grew up here and then moved to San Francisco and right when I moved to Austin I listened to that and I was like oh cool I know all the landmarks in San Francisco and I know all the <laughs> landmarks in Austin and it was like I could see the whole book uh, coming through but my point in bringing that up is that no government can lead to some stuff, right? If it's all through the free and open market that led from a guy growing mushrooms and looking for a place to sell psilocybin and creating a place to do that on the dark web to letting the market decide, okay, all psychedelics. Okay. Oh, people want to buy heroin and meth. Right. Well, we'll allow that even though it fucking destroys people. Yeah. Right. But yeah. libertarian, Hey, yeah. Free and open market, we're going to yeah. allow that. And eventually, we're going to allow black market kidneys for sale yeah. and assassinations. Yeah. And so that's the extreme version of that. Sure. But ultimately, it just shows that that y- we do need some structure. Yes. right? And that's that's where I fall on that. Um, we do need some people looking out and policing how much pollutants are going in the air. It's not enough to just say we're going to clean the air if somebody's dumping shit in the water and spraying stuff into the air. and And I think... The sad understanding has been, and, and again, Mickey Willis, thank you for exposing this on a deeper level, but this idea that the people pushing for a green revolution were also the ones spraying chemicals in the ground. Yeah. They were the ones controlling big agriculture. They were the ones starting monocropping, all in the guise of feeding the world. Yeah. And, and, of course, that led us down the rabbit hole of where we're at with our health. Um, much of that i know i've just gone off on a tangent but (laughs) i just i i I think you know i'm really saying all that because of the fact that we have basic needs you know paul check talked about that how we view wealth how we view the richness of life am i rich Hmm. it may have nothing to do with my bank account it has everything to do with can i eat the food that nourishes me that's healthy for me can i feed that to my family do i have a family do I have a tribe? Do I have people that I learn from, that I can teach, but I also learn from? Do I have a wealth of, of knowledge and new information and things that I get to try on and embody? Do I have uh, a home that's over my head? That's that's our sanctuary. That isn't just a box, but, but something that has deep resonance that we put and invested our energy and our love into that makes it a home instead of a house. And the answer is yes, across the board. And the only thing that's been missing... Is that shared community, that tribe, brother, so this is uh, i'm i 'm beyond excited for this, Aww. yeah, and all the people that are coming in to be a part of it it's absolutely incredible. You. Um, you talked about this, you know it doesn 't matter which side of the fence the coin flips um, because of the fact that it 's going to expose more, and we 're going to get to see things right. Yeah. Unpack that a little bit for me because this love has been to. my take as well. But I'd yeah. love to hear a second opinion on this because it <laughs> <laughs> and, and <clears throat> one last thing, and I'll finally shut up. That really served me. The last time I sat with Wachuma, um, my buddy Jason, who I met down at, down at uh, Don Howard's at Spirit Quest in 2018, mm-hmm. he's been carrying that medicine since Don Howard's passing. Mm-hmm. He said, The darkness serves the light mm-hmm. in, a, in a prayer, and I it just completely restructured (laughs) the way I fucking look at that, right? I mean, uh, Jung had talked about this in the Red Book and the Black Books, which recently came out, imagining God as all of it, Mm. the yin and the yang, Mm -hmm. Christ and the devil, all as one Mm. thing. Mm. And so why, the why of evil, the why of badness, the why of all these things is an integration point for Mm. the flowering of our consciousness, Mm. is the thing that exposes the light. Mm. And that's been a, a beautiful lesson and understanding that resonates very well with me, that darkness serves the light. Mm. So I'd just like you to, to unpack a little bit of <laughs> what happens. Just throw that on the saying. table. Yeah. All right, all right.
1: <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Thank you. All right, I'll see if I can keep this uh, coherent because I want to go so many different directions with that. I love that saying, and I and I and I find it fundamentally true. Um, for one, it's all indivisible. The one, what we call God, which I believe at the highest manifestation is has. We, we can't even conceptualize it can't, can't give it a sex can't give it an identity it does, it percolates out we have feminine and, and masculine aspects of, of creator all the way up and then down through the elementals down through all the different uh, levels of energy into coalesced form which is all this is right, just infinitely, intricately coalesced energy it all goes back to one and in, the one holds all what is darkness? it's unconsciousness I mean, that's how I view it. It's it's that which, has, which is willingly or unintentionally playing the role of forgetting, absolutely forgetting its interconnection with all else. And so when I look at evil, which is just live backwards in a mirror, right? It's just a reflection. It's a distortion. It's uh, like, you know, you're like, ooh, that guy is not playing in sync with the symphony. It's okay, because then it teaches everyone else how to get more in tune. They're like, whoa, shit. Okay, that doesn't sound good. It can get really dark, really. It can get really intense for us here to to view what we consider evil that may have for millennia or since time immemorial forgotten. And it's playing that role until it's no longer needed. Um, It's a big one to come to terms with, particularly when we see it embodied as a human and expressed in ways that really cause pain to millions of people and millions of other beings in the earth. And it all has a place. In the multidimensional chess game of God, of, of life, it all has a place. And and the light does propel, uh, the dark does propel the light to remember itself, to shine brighter. And the great thing is if this is a dark room, all you gotta do is flip the switch on, the darkness disappears. And that and that's again where it comes back to who's flipping the switch? You are. It's your consciousness. You get to choose. You can't externalize the shadow. I mean, sure, it's there. like, that guy's evil. Great. What inside you is getting triggered? Oh, I want to you want to go beat the shit out of that guy? You want to throw him in jail? You want to get him off the planet? Great. Now you've got the shadow there. Feel into that. Breathe into that. Compassion. Release it. The more that we can enlighten, lighten ourselves, release those denser vibrations, the more it will reflect out here. And I view certain characters, certain people in our life as just the epitome embodiment of our collective unconscious, our collective shadow. They're like, hey guys, you want to see how nasty that looks? maybe you should go sit with yourself. Maybe all y'all should sit with yourself and see where you're holding this xenophobia, this misogyny, this uh, judgment in yourself, where you're willing to sacrifice on your true values, your true north, your true purpose for some little temporary enrichment in the physical. Because that's really all it is. It's a series of concessions from integrity. It's like, well, I'll do that. Well, I'll do that. Well, now maybe we can kill 50,000 people. It's okay. It's for the greater good. Um, so, that being said, where did I, my original thread, you, you kind of sparked me with that saying. But my original thread that I was uh, feeling into with the subject of um, what was the original question? Like, why? Little, who, who wins?
0: Who what wins? happens after who wins? Who no, wins? In, in the uncertainty? What, what are we looking at? What do we get to look forward That's to? That's right.
1: Thank you. We get to look forward to. Something magnificent that we, as a species, haven't, it's not in our remembered history. We hear stories about it from millennia ago. I believe we're going through a fundamental rebirth of pretty much our entire reality. Every industry is going to go through a massive reinvention. Our social systems are shifting. And as, if we're in a ceremony, right, bringing it back to ceremony, we're in the purge. 2020 mm. is the purge. People are, people are on their hands and knees like, oh, my God, I can't take it. You're getting squeezed awesome. on all those. Awesome, Because anyone who's been in a ceremony knows it's on the other side. It's like breathe. All you got to do is breathe, breathe, breathe into the light, breathe into yourself, breathe into the possibility. And what I invite people to do at this time, more than ever, is to source within. Stop getting distracted with all the external opinions and rhetoric. It's all compromised. Every time you turn on the TV, you're watching a bunch of very, very manipulated opinion That's designed to create an echo chamber of reality for you. Next time you want to turn on Google, turn to God. We know the answers. Everything in my life, every great move, every person I've connected with, every project, I've known it right here immediately. That's why Einstein said intuition is far more important than intellect. Right? Intuition, imagination, cultivate it. Listen, what resonates? Not, well, 10 people told me. They may be completely distracted. What resonates as truth? Gravitate toward that. And as much as you're taking in the external stories, you're turning on, you're listening to this show, you're listening to any story story you're tuning into, take time every day to go sit with yourself, however that looks to you in nature. Maybe you're walking, maybe you're not sitting, but in, in meditation, in contemplation, go inside, because that's the truest source. I invite everyone to do that. And the more we do that, which I believe we're getting pushed into through this catharsis, through this metamorphosis of just like, I can't take it, good. You know, all the... Uh, look at so many greats, Eckhart Tolle, um, uh, you've got, God, there are so many of them, it's almost hard to name them, um, Buckminster Fuller, um, I'll leave it with those two, there's so many stories of people, Alex Gray, who are like, I'm done, I can't do it anymore, this is too intense, and they're literally like, I'm, I'm going to kill myself, I'm leaving, Bucky, and I think Eckhart Tolle, both walked into the water to go drown themselves, Alex just said, I'm, I'm done, I'm going to and all of them fundamentally, they had to give it all up and completely actually surrender and humble for the divine you know, intelligence that animates us all to come through and completely re-engineer their reality. Everything, fundamental phase shift of their reality, set them on the course of all the greatness they did in their life. So we're at that point of like, I can't, good, breathe into it, breathe into it because you can and go all the way in, lean in to the discomfort, lean in past your comfort zone, As the status quo is being obliterated, lean in. And in that, tune into what you love, what lights you up most, who lights you up most. Be around those people, do those things that that you love most. You lost your job? That sucks. And guess what? What are you going to do with it now? Maybe actually do something you really love. And it's easier, again, with Tribe. Go to your best friends. Go to the people around you that you trust that have been around you. They may not understand some of the shifts you're going through, but just invite them to hold you through it. Go to your family say this is who I am this is what I this is what lights me up this is the direction i'm going I love your help I love your support as accountability coach as a reflection what's your advice that's what I invite people to do right now, and I believe on the other side of this unveiling this purge it's almost like we all have to put I don't, I mean, I personally don't do it, but <laughs> no, I just, I just won't, I'm not going to do it. But I, but you know, it's, and it's interesting being the only one generally in a you made, sea of you faces. Made the, you
0: made the masks, uh, the mask gesture for those that are just listening. Uh. In.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The mask gesture. Exactly. It's interesting being the, the only one in so many places where I'm the only unmasked face. I've had people come up and be like, thank you. People at stores like pulling their masks down, like, how do you get away with that? And I'm just like medical exemption. And I give them a little wink, you know? It's you're choosing your reality. No one else can dictate that for you. If someone has an issue and they actually think coronavirus or any virus only spreads five foot eleven inches, well they better, you know, stand six feet back. They'll come up in my face and tell me I'm not wearing a mask, that doesn't make any sense. So but it's almost like the world had to don the mask, which is very dehumanizing, very desensitizing, and doesn't work. Very few masks actually work for this biological organism we call COVID, and for all the masks to come down, we've been living a life of masks. Most people, are, it's like I'm coming from California. One big mask; it's all a facade, you know. You, it's like hard to really know who you know because they're constantly changing and posturing for who's around them and how to best please those people. And instead of unabashedly being themselves, you know, and that's and people I view as like you know people who the world looks to as celebrities; those are people who just like. Like, look at like, Gary Vaynerchuk. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, this is who I am. And people love that authenticity. But they're scared sometimes to step into it. They're scared of being judged. And they I realize, yeah, some people might judge you. Some people might hate on you. That's okay. That's okay. Be a lighthouse. Embody your truth. So that's what I invite people to do is step deeper into that, connect more deeply with their real community, identify who their real community is, be held through this process, and realize that, yeah, it's intense and it's going to get a lot more intense most likely. I mean, we are in we're seeing power cabals that have worked for generations to control humanity. You know, a very small group of people that are pulling the strings of what happens on this planet. And they're in a period where their end game is how do we, you know, link everyone to electronics, to AI and control them and dictate all their movements and say, "Oh, you didn't what we, we noticed, you're not up to date with your current vaccine. You can't go anywhere. You can't go in the store. You can't get on that plane. Absolute horseshit. It's, it's an affront to, um, it's a front to divine law. It's a front to our Constitution. It's a front to everything that we understand about human liberties and freedom for something that truly is so hyped up, so overplayed, so politicized, it's almost not even funny. And, again, taking the larger picture, we can be grateful. Like, wow, what a gift that this happened right now. Because it, it's the way that it's changing our social dynamics, the way that it's shifting what we consider you know, our status quo of what, what is reality, um, the way it's waking people up is unprecedented. It's like imagine that. You like, spend so much time engineering something to put people in fear and control, and it's working. I mean, people are afraid. But ultimately, what's being designed is a mass awakening tool.
0: No question, brother. Yeah, it makes me think of like, uh, you know, the old, I was just talking about this, the, the old adage, psychedelics aren't for everyone, you know, you have to be ready, that kind of thing. And it's not, it's not me pointing out that, <clears throat> or others, that there's a certain type of person that can handle it and a certain type of person that can't. That's not what the statement is. The statement is, if you're not ready, you don't go to the altar, yes. right? But, and I've had this conversation too, and of course, you know this, any medicine will only give you what you need and no more and no less, right? Like you don't go there, if I had a history of trauma, I'm not going to get it all in one night. I'm not getting healed from one experience, and I'm certainly not going to have to unpack everything that went wrong in my life in one sitting. It doesn't work that way. It's like peeling layers of the onion. But in the microcosm of the consciousness that is ayahuasca or psilocybin or any of these tools, there's an intelligence that understands that. And the intelligence of the macrocosm of the all, of the one, also understands that and the beautiful thing throughout our short existence on this planet of wondering how does it get fixed how do we change how do we correct course here we go the fucking whole world has been brought to the altar and for those that weren't ready they decided to peace out and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that Um, but for those that are staying and choosing to live we have the opportunity to show up in a different way and we have the opportunity to reimagine what we want going forward. And I think this is a, it is a scary and fascinating, exhilarating time to be alive in every way, brother.
1: Yeah. Scary, fascinating, deeply humbling. And for those of us who are willing or courageous enough to look through the the 3D stories playing out, to look through the hysteria, to look through the fear... And, just, and, and, and by the way, one of the things with fear, it's a messenger. So when our fear rises up, hello, fear. Nice to see you here. I hear you have a message for me. Allow it to come in, allow it, like, meet it and see what's behind the fear, what message is there, and then let it go. But for those of us who are peering beyond it, it's, it's terrifying, it's humbling, and it's so inspiring because of what's possible for humanity right now. And so many of so many cultures, so many have been thousands of years predicting the time span that started around 2012, which is we're talking about a whole new epoch, a multi-thousand-year cycle. We we're like, it's going to happen in an instant, no? It, it's available in every instant, but it's going to happen over time.
0: Yeah, it took 25,500 years to go around <laughs> the center of the galaxy. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. it's going to happen right now this evening. <laughs>
0: Here come the light code downloads. The coronal ejection from the sun is going to upgrade oh, us all instantaneous. It's like, eh, it okay, might take right, a minute. Right. Yeah, it's going to take a minute.
1: We get to marinate. We, we do get to marinate and integrate, which is the key, right? After any ceremony, we integrate, constantly integrate. And it is available in every moment. So the golden eon, which we, you know, we go through cycles of golden age and then the fall into the dark ages and then building back up iron, bronze, silver, gold. Yeah. It's a state of consciousness. It's not a physical place, and ultimately, I do believe humankind, we're at a choice point, and we could choose to reset again, which we've done in prior historical, you know, uh, you know, the Atlantean, Lumerian stories, or we can choose to really transcend that and say, okay, well, we've had four supposed cataclysms, the fifth being ether. I believe we're in that right now, um, and, and ether, it doesn't require the physical destruction, to the same degree. It does require destruction of the belief systems, the patterns, the energetic constructs that have held us shackled and entom- entombed for millennia. So what's really exciting for me is- Ex- Explain yeah. that real quick when yeah. you back
0: up because this is, this is where the conversation gets juicy. Oh, okay. This is yeah. exactly good, good, what good, I good. wanted to talk about. Good. So um, fifth stage of consciousness is the ether. Uh, talk about the first four, if you understand them briefly. Sure. And then well, we'll get into the fifth stage, which also follows the Hopi prophecy as well as 5D Christ consciousness prophecy. So I want to dive into that for sure. But explain these levels that have happened through each stage of humanity.
1: So every peoples has their own their own uh, you know rendition. The Hopis, the Mayans. There are several cultures that were really revered for their ability to keep time to understand. Because time is a construct, it's relative. But they were able to understand the cycles of time here in this embodied 3D in this dimension, understanding cosmological alignments and what that meant for cycles of, and we see it. We're about to go, um, we're going Mars direct right now, and a bunch of planets that have been retrograde this year are all going direct. Mars going first, which is very fiery, very warlike, which is an interesting time for that to happen. But we can use that again, use that fire, transformation doesn't have to be for destruction alchemy alchemy exactly so they all these different stories and ultimately you, you look at the commonality right like why why did why does every first peoples every original tribe have stories of extraterrestrials that they had relationships with why do they all have stories of other higher dimensional beings other beings visiting the, this world in different craft and just materializing because there's truth to it you look at the commonality around the world shared context. Um, and it's the same thing with time we have reset here before and I believe we've been to this technological degree we're at now and actually far beyond no question I mean you look at some of the infrastructure that's still around from thousands of years ago and people today are like we can't do that like we can't you know how hard that is to to do that I mean we'd have to use the best mathematicians on the planet the best equipment on the planet like it doesn't you know you're telling me like a few thousand slaves put that thing together no possible I mean, impossible is a fun word, impossible, but you know what I mean. So I believe we've, we've been here to this pinnacle and beyond technologically, and we've wiped ourselves out multiple times. Why? Ignorance, greed, corruption, power over not only others, because potentially some of these societies evolved a little bit beyond that, but power over nature, just pushing, 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 beyond the natural capacities beyond balance right cuz it's all about right relations it's all about balance that's what we're learning right now like
0: harmony within the
1: sacred hoop that's it yeah that's it and and that's also you know we've seen an imbalance of dark to light on the planet which has created some serious issues it's all about balance you know, i used to have these interesting dreams where i'd be sitting at a table and i was i was an embodiment of the light and there was this whole table of all these figures, I'm not going to name some of their names, but they're actually like names of certain dynasties that have been ruling this planet for a long time that would show up like, Oh, that's Mr. blank. And that's, and it'd be these people on the other side of the spectrum. We'd be having counsel, like how do we find balance? Cause it doesn't work for either one of us. If it goes too far in either direction, how do we create balance and how do we raise it up where you play that polarity and we play this polarity without it being as much at friction or at odds without having to go to these polarized extremes. So, Anyway, I uh, I think it's all about balance. It's about right relationship, and and some people's talk about the different um, ways in which we've reset or rebooted, and those have been based on different elements, right? The proverbial flood it's talked about in the Bible. It's also talked about in other sacred scriptures.
0: Every continent, yeah.
1: Yep. Fire. Uh, earth. The Earth. The Earth completely. Um, basically. Becoming uninhabitable through um, tectonic shifts, through uh, volcanic ash, there's stories. All these stories of people who were taken underground by other species. They were invited to go underground. They found a very extensive underground cities. Yeah, that don't make like any like sense.
0: Teppy, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah.
1: So, um, most building air and ether are separate, but ether is. So air actually has a physical, like some people in ceremony can, you can actually see air. Like it has a, it has a physicality.
0: First time on penis envy, my wife and I saw yeah, it. Saw it no. just, I was like, there is no empty space. There's I can no see it. And I was like, I'm in the, I'm in the water like, oh, right mom. now. the oh my God, literally, right? You're like, oh my,
1: you can interact with it. Yeah. It's amazing. And anyone who's ever flown, right? You go paragliding, anyone who's ever flown or skydived, but I mean, I love being up in the air. You, re- you can actually play, you play with the air. You're like, Oh my God, it has a, a texture to it. And, and it's constantly shifting and you're and you're finding your flow with it ether is is beyond that it's um, ether kind of encompasses all the other elements and it's kind of like how DMT is considered the spirit molecule connecting the world of form with everything that is beyond form ether is kind of like that it, it, it holds all of the other uh, elements and it, it gets into the realm of the um, almost like the like the new sphere it, it, it taps into our emotional body and our mental body into these things that are very much alive and present but don't have any physicality in a sense they create all physicality right the combination of our thoughts and our emotions which turn into actions literally creates our entire reality
0: would the land of archetypical symbols be absolutely. there as well okay. absolutely
1: yeah in my perspective yeah um I'm certainly no expert on this, but from what I've understood in in sitting with all these peoples and studying these different traditions is that we do get these resets. And it doesn't have to, you know, it's like people think about an apocalypse, like, oh, like everyone's talking about the rapture and the apocalypse for so long. It's like, great. What is my favorite definition of apocalypse? The lifting of the veils. Again, why do we all put veils over our faces right now so all the veils could fall? Now, you can choose to have an apocalypse that is zombie, earth-ending craziness. That's your sovereign choice. And right next door, someone can choose to have the most beautiful, Christed, expansive journey. That is their choice. What's really interesting is that people think it's all or nothing. Like, oh, we're all going to go down or we're all going to go up. No, that's an individual soul choice. Now, it's easier to choose which direction to go when you have the right tribe around you. And because of the imbalance, a lot of people have been erring toward the side of total destruction, it's all ending. But I feel like that balance is shifting as people get a permission slip to realize it doesn't have to be that way. And that it's okay for some people to choose that if they want, but it doesn't have to be everyone's choice. And and the two can happen simultaneously, which is where it gets really interesting. The idea is how do we invite as many as possible, over the tipping point, to no longer being addicted to fear, to judgment, to dystopian future timelines as a regular consistently moving away from those thought patterns, those subconscious emotional patterns, into actually this can be, this transcendence can be incredible. It can be the best I've ever imagined and more. And it will be. And falling more and more and more into that, which again requires following I always say life is the school, love is the lesson. So what do you love? Falling more into love. Following that, following your purpose, following the light, that which lights you up. Letting all else go. No more need for drama. No more need for gossip or judgment. When it comes up, be gentle and compassionate with yourself and then release it, compost it. It's no longer necessary. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Your vibe attracts your reality. So what are you holding? What are you emanating? Because as a transmitter, you're going to receive the feedback loop. So what are you transmitting? And constantly be aware of what you're putting out there. And and, and emotions are far more powerful than thoughts. So it's not just what you're thinking and doing. It's how you're feeling. How and there's all the kinds of exercises we could get to
0: Dispenza talks about this you know he talked about it in every one of his books but especially in in becoming supernatural and he has a brilliant i will link to this in the show notes mr Uh, jose my brother please link to this in the show notes it is uh, the tuning into new potentials mp3 it's 13 bucks Mm. he leads uh, a five minute recap of becoming supernatural how to work with the meditation about eight minutes of kundalini breath work Mm. And then a 45 minute guided meditation, but that's one of the things that he really dives into is the fact that we need to move past our addiction yeah. to negative emotion. Yes. And for the first time I heard this, I was like nonsense. It's like when I heard, when I heard <laughs> <laughs> I'm not addicted to feeling like shit, you know. And I th- and I thought of uh, Domingo Ruiz when he says that man has been domesticated. Yes. And I was like that is a dark, dark fucking statement. That's pish posh. We're not fucking domesticated. I'm not a dog and. Uh, Fuck yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah. We're not in our wild nature. We're not in our true nature, yet we are becoming yes. that. We are remembering yes. that, right? Yes. But in this dispenso, and he talks about if you feel like shit dragging your ass to your job each day, but getting angry makes you feel alive and awake, and it gives you passion about something to be angry about, and we see this on both sides of the equation politically, that does become addictive. Because that may be the only time in the day, many times throughout the day, where you feel alive in the mundane reality you've chosen for yourself. Mm. And the second I was able to digest that, it was like, fuck, okay, where do I have this in my life? And it was everywhere. Everywhere, my addiction to anger, my addiction to outrage, my addiction to um, offense, you know absurdity, mm. like, you know or ignorance. <laughs> I can't stand it. Educate yourself, right? Anything that would fucking be a little thorn in the side, I actually appreciated that, mm. and I wanted it for myself mm. on a subconscious level because it allowed me to feel aliveness. Mm. And Dispenza has some some great methods for breaking through that. And I didn't mean to derail the the,
1: Never the conversation, but yeah, yeah. it
0: just um, that is one hundred percent of the deal. Yeah. There's no question about that. And and as I've spoken before. You know, the the old cliche thing, you can't love someone else as much as you love. You can only love someone else as much as you love yourself. The same is true for compassion. Yes. You can only have as much compassion for another as you do for yourself. Yes. And you can only forgive someone else as much as you forgive yourself. And if your inner critic is constantly shitting on you for every mistake, so-called mistake we make, all the teaching, but every so-called mistake we would make, if you're the harshest critic of yourself, how does that move outward? Mm. That's what we see right now, Mm. right? And so it's the reclaiming of that, the softening Mm. of our hearts and remembering it's okay to fuck up. It's okay to have chosen something that was not in alignment. It's okay that you sang out of tune Mm. for 30 years because now you get to come back into resonance. And when that's available, that then gets to move out to the macrocosm. That is the as above, so below, as Mm. within, so without.
1: Mm. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. And part of that, you know, it's like we talk about how do we step out of uh, consumer victim consciousness and take that golden U-turn into creator consciousness. We have built a society partially on blame and shame. I'm not, I, I, I didn't, it was that guy's fault. I was late because of this guy. That's asshole on the road. We're constantly externalizing instead of just owning. Like, okay, I was late. I apologize. Thank you. I'll, I'll reinvent how to be more on time whatever it is. And the reason we do it is because we're societally engineered to, uh, we don't want to get in trouble and we don't have a malleable society, particularly around things like time. Like you're five minutes late, like you're in New York, you're having a heart attack trying to get there on time. It's ridiculous, honestly. Um, and I get the respect of meeting, um, you know, showing up when you're, when you say you're going to doing what you say, you're, that's important and allow for life, you know, allow for things to emerge and uh and stepping out of shame and blame and you talked about you got to forgive yourself first and foremost world peace begins with self-peace right that is the truth and forgiving is for giving like you want to give to the world well forgive yourself and from there forgive all others who have caused you harm intentionally or unintentionally so i that wasn't a digression at all It's it's actually fundamentally so important to everything we're talking about how to step into sovereignty, how to step into thriving, how to ride this quote unquote cataclysm into the highest timeline, the highest embodiment for yourself and share that. You can't can't take anyone else along, but what you can do is fully embody and invite others along. Everyone has their own individual journey. We can't save anyone, that's a fallacy. We can be a lighthouse and say, hey guys, there's some rocks right there. I would just maybe, when you're steering your ship through the seas of life, maybe avoid that little patch. No, I'm not gonna dim my light because it upfronts you, it upsets you, or because the the tides are changing, I'm just going to be here and shine my light and clarify my light constantly, be better at shining it. That's the goal, I think, for each person right now. And, you know, one of the other things, since everyone, since most people are stuck at home or really have the gift of being at home um, more than ever, which has actually been a great gift for me, I was always on the road. This is the first time I haven't This is the longest I've sat in one place for a long time. And I haven't wanted to leave. I have people like, can you come over here and speak? Can you come do this? Can you come to California? I'm like, I'm good. I'm (laughs) home. I'm building home. I'm here. But I invite people while they're at home, definitely look at the link that you mentioned. And also start your day. I I like to call it the power hour, but find your own morning ritual. Bring yourself to the altar. You know, Christ said it. The temple's within. We are the temple. We are the altar. We can go to church to be with community, to temple, to, you know, Any mosque, any place of gathering to be with community, but ultimately our connection to God is only ever really truly within. We have messengers, we have facilitators, right? Men of God, quote unquote, sometimes not, but most in the highest intention of being that, being a channel. But the truest connection resides within. So honoring that temple, you know, treating our our consciousness, treating our body with the utmost respect as we'd like for someone to treat our child, to treat that beautiful flower you just saw, to treat your home. How would you want someone to treat your home? And for me, the most powerful practice I've found is I wake up in the morning and I, I just go through and I feel gratitude for several things. I allow the visuals to come up at an Instead of building a story like, I am grateful, I am grateful, that's great. That's a good starting point. But ultimately, you work toward that like that feeling like you just won the lottery. That feeling, that, that feeling, which is thousands of times more powerful than thought. Feel it. Visualize it. The face of one of my children, my wife, my friends. How blessed I am to have this home that I get to be on purpose. I feel it, and I let that light my entire body up. And then I see my day. I see the things that are really pivotal and powerful for me to create in that day. And I I just visualize it. I feel what it feels like to flow in here and have this amazing connection with you, to flow from here to my other meetings of the day. I feel it. And from there, I start a power hour. So I go into 20 minutes of warm-up, of exercise, at the very least warming your joints up. Just move the body, move the energy, like greet the day, like I'm here in my body. 20 minutes can be high intensity, which is good. And then flow from that into 20 minutes of stillness, meditation, visualization. You, know, you could do it with uh, a guided video if you'd like or just sit in stillness. Outside is better if you can uh, to be with the, you know, the natural air. But any which way, go in stillness, 20 minutes. Set a clock, no more. And then 20 minutes of engaged active learning, something you're really inspired about. Learn about it. Maybe you're learning to play guitar. Maybe you want to learn more about building a regenerative community. Uh, maybe you want to learn about more about building your network. Whatever it is, 20 minutes. After that 60 minutes, you are full. For me, I feel completely set, super fulfilled. I have to force myself to eat because I'm already so full on life. I'm so lit up. Um, and so I invite people to find their own morning ritual like that uh, to start each day off right. And then each night when you're laying in bed, same thing. Recap. You know, go through and 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 go through everything you experienced, feel the gratitude, feel the gratitude for the next day you're going to get the pleasure of going into, maybe visualize a little bit about what that day is going to feel and look like. That to me has changed, has changed everything getting into that practice.
0: That's beautiful, brother. Yeah. yeah I think of these, uh, these practices as, as intention and surrender, you know, we have this, um, Dispenza's talked a lot about it, the, diff- how we, how we use these, intention is the thing that we wish to make manifest and then we surrender to the how and when it's mm-hmm. made manifest it doesn't have to be the exact way that i want it to or when i want it to be and be in a state of allowing that to come into fruition and um my buddy tim corcoran talked about this when uh, the institute of noetic science studied all transformation across the board from plant medicines to psychotherapy to anything in between the two things that they found were critical and universal were intention and surrender. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, that day and night timeline that you've just described, I think of the morning practice as the intention and to lead with gratitude, Mm -hmm. right? The currency of love, the currency of abundance is gratitude Mm. to lead with that first and then see the intention made manifest. Mm. And then at the end of the day, in the reflection of that to surrender to what happened and what is and to surrender to how tomorrow will unfold so that you can fall asleep and rest deeply. Mm. You know, that's, that's such a, a, a beautiful way of looking at it. And that's one of the ways that I've come to understand what you were just explaining. So thank you for that brother.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I love how you just, you just worded that. It reminded me of a quote that my father shared with me since I was very young, which is that if joy is to be your path, then gratitude shall be your staff. Gratitude unlocks everything. Being grateful for what we have, who we are, this moment, it's immeasurably powerful. And when we do it, again, we can't help but receive more of that which we're grateful for. It's just how the universe works. You know, people talk about the law of attraction, which is part of the equation, but really it's the law of resonance. Whatever we are in resonance with, we will receive. So if we're constantly allowing ourselves to fall into stories of fear, By tuning in to the TV, the television, it's telling us someone else's vision that has a very, you know, very vested multi-trillion-dollar private interest behind it. The more we're going to receive that reality, the more the riots are going to show up at our front door. So this is the time to really, as cliche as it is, choose love over fear. To allow the cataclysm that we're in to be the most graceful possible. And just weaving back to that subject we were talking about, I believe that the etheric cataclysm is one of our emotional, psychological consciousness. I believe we're going to see a complete um, destruction in the most beautiful way, like a phoenix, a fire transforming all of so much of what we have held as our individual and collective identity, so much of what we considered life is, to be reborn into a higher octave of humankind here on earth so I'm personally super excited for this moment I'm super excited and I'm really grateful that I that I feel like I've I've done the work and I consistently do the work to have the best community possible around so we can hold each other and thrive together through this and when one of us forgets we lean on each other that's what we're there for right lean on me right like oh god I'm forgetting okay you got me brother okay thank you and so My deepest prayer is honestly that everyone who hears this message, not from us, but really from, you know, from the universe, has the courage to lean in, has the courage to lean in and find their core tribe, even if it means letting go of certain people that have been their friends for a long time that really energetically are not where they, are not the match for where they want to go. Um... And, and my devotion is to support people in any way I can. Now, of course, we can only scale ourselves so much, but that's why I've been so devoted to the social architectural templates and the actual physical community templates on how do we begin to redesign education systemically, redesign communities systemically, and open source it so that we can as quickly as possible get to localized centralization and individual communities thriving. And individual communities governing themselves with, of course, you do need, as you said, overarching regulatory bodies. It goes all the way up in the hierarchies, up to the different echelons of being the intelligence of the angels. They have their own hierarchies. Having large, uh, having a, a larger container of governance is important when we remember that it's only a byproduct of ourselves, that it's to answer to us and to be in right balance. It's been overreaching for a long time. And the issue I think we're at right now is, you know, our government is way beyond the constitutional tenets of what I mean, we were, you know, according to the founding fathers. Now, again, a lot of issues, and probably why we're purging them out right now in how this country was formed. But so much of the world was warring, you know, like it just kind of was. It's unfortunate. And the tenets in the Constitution are beautiful. And if we can invite people to remember the, what that actually means, because most people don't even know the Constitution actually remember how beautiful that document is and remember you know what we're actually super imbalanced and we have entities like our government that are reaching way beyond what they were supposed to be doing well let's re- let's dial it in a little bit and the way to do it is not to rally against the government it's doing its job and the job that we've handed for a long time it's to create the self-resiliency to create the thriving on a microcosmic level in each of our communities. And that ripple begins to, as we continue to do that, actually, we don't need that centralized energy. We've got our own local centralized energy. Same with food, same with water. It begins to naturally shift the markets. It begins to naturally shift the governance. So any way that I can support others in individual coaching, which I have less and less time for, or through creating these models and proliferating these models and sharing my voice for, for any good that that may do, that's my commitment right now. You know, And I'm just I'm grateful to be here with you, and I'm grateful that we all get this moment of 2020 for all the challenge and strife and all that that brings on the other side. And I just invite us to really feel into every day. How do we flip the, you know, how do we flip the adversity into uh, appreciation, into, um, into rising higher.
0: Yeah, brother. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on brother. Where can people find you?
1: So I'm, um, I'm still on all the traditional platforms, uh, Joyous Heart, and I am very soon going to be deplatforming. I don't believe in the ethics of a lot of these platforms um, or how they're censoring reality. So I'm actually going to begin my countdown off Facebook soon. The best place to stay consistently in touch with me would be at my website, iamjoyous.xyz. So IAmJOYOUS.xyz. Um, I am working on a distributed self-actualization platform to support the reinvention of both social media, um, value creation and exchange and lifelong learning. So we're gamifying and socializing, um, personal discovery and development in a universalized framework that's designed to reward people for their self-growth and for sharing their wisdom forward. So basically allowing everyone to Uber them, you know, themselves, uh, creating a content creation system and a mentoring system. And then really the magic is these life match algorithms that are connecting people to the most aligned people as peers and mentors, content and experiences both live and digital to support stepping into their fullest embodiment of their gifts and sharing those forward. That's another project that's, it, it, it's been, I've been deep in R&D and then prototype, iterative prototype developing and now we're getting into arrays actually go into beta development um for four and a half years and home this home project has become so powerful so potent that i've actually put that architecture in the background so that people probably won't be able to find me there for like 14 months and then we'll probably be out in beta around then Um, but for now i am joyous.xyz and while i'm still on social media you can find me at joyousheart.
0: beautiful brother thank
1: you again (laughs) thank you such a pleasure i love you brother thank you. you